This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. This month we're talking about love, amen? And, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to say this. You're not going to really be able to, and I focused last week. I'm going to just hit some highlights on last week because I think that message is really awesome, if I do say so myself. But... um, but we got to get a revelation. So look at your neighbor and say, get a revelation of God's love. And we got to get a revelation of God's love. Amen. And I really believe that when we get a revelation of how much God loves us, then it's not going to be hard for us to love others. Amen. And I think what it is that we have a wrong concept of God. And if we got a problem, we think it's that God's our problem. But God is not your problem. God's your solution. God is your, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is your way out, glory to God. He is the truth, and the truth will set you free. And he is the life. That means he came to give us abundant life. Amen? And so it's, it's the thief that comes to steal kill and to destroy. So we got to get a revelation on that. Uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, descriptions of God is Psalms 145, 8 through 9. It says, the Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy. I think that's talking about me. Okay, we'll continue. The Lord is good to all and tender. His tender mercies are over all his works. Glory to God. And I'm going to say this to you today, that you are a masterpiece in progress. You are a work of God, and God's tender mercies are over you today. He, God is awesome. He, 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 he's, he's not, he doesn't just have love. God is love. Yes. Amen. And I'm going to say this, that, that you are, you know, uh, God's highest creation. There's nothing, you know, God created the planets. Do you know that God created this earth? He created heaven. But you know, heaven and earth will pass away. God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. But you know what? We're not going to pass away. So I'm going to say this, that as long as the word of God is in you, you cannot pass away. God, we're going to be with God forever. Amen. And I love that. And it says in Jeremiah 31, 3, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love and I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. And and God loves you with an everlasting. No matter what you're going through, God loves you. No matter what valley you may seem to be in today, God loves you and you can make it out of the valley. Amen. Amen. I was doing a visitation last Sunday and um, this person was supposed to have been out of the, the hospital. And for some reason, they, they're in, in the hospital longer than they're supposed to. And I said, what are you doing camping in the valley? You're supposed to be walking through the valley. We don't want to camp in our valleys. Amen. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with you. And God is bigger than anything that you're encountering. In your life today. You believe that today? And so we, we have to get that revelation that, that we are God's highest uh, creation. I, I, God loves us, I really believe, more than the angels. Glory to God. God loves you today. Amen. God created us to reveal his love to us through 
two reasons. I hit on this last week. He wants to have fellowship with us. He, you know what? Eternal life is, the Bible says eternal life is not just going to heaven. Eternal life is knowing God. That's what eternal life is. Eternal life is not just saying, oh, I'm going to. No, eternal life is having a relationship with God, the Father, through Jesus Christ. And so Jesus died so that we could have not just a relationship, but sweet fellowship with him. And also God created us to bless us. I love that. He created us to fellowship with us and he created us to bless us. And that's the reason why God, when he he saved us, he, he, he saved us to do good works. We're called to develop relationships with people and we're called to bless people. Somebody say, I'm a child of the most high God. And I love what it says in John 1, 14. Uh, God revealed his love to us through Jesus. And it says in John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So, you know, Jesus, you know, he, he, his name wasn't Jesus in heaven. It was the word of God. And when he came out, you know, God gave him the name Jesus, glory to God, the name that's above every name, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. Amen. And so we love this because Jesus revealed who the father is down here. I love what it says in Acts 10, 38, how how Jesus and Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good. God wants to do good in our lives. He displayed it through Jesus. Jesus went around healing the blind, you know, setting the captives free, uh, you know, feeding the, 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 the poor. Jesus was out here blessing people. And you know what? You're called to bless people, too. Say, I'm a blesser. Glory to God. You're called to bless people. And, God, and God's greatest gift to mankind and I'm just hitting on some, some highlights. You're going to have to get that CD. His greatest gift to us is not just life, but his greatest gift that he's ever given us, mankind, is free will. I'm going to say it again. The greatest gift that God ever given us is free will. He didn't create us to be robots. He didn't create us to, to you know, to, he didn't pre-program us to love him. And that's the reason why he loves you so much this morning, that you were willing to love him and and he didn't throw a lightning bolt down at you this morning. You were willing to come to church on your own free will to love him and to serve him. And God loves you because you love him. But he loved you first. Amen. And that's how we can love God, because God loved us first. Glory to God. And so I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to please God. Amen. I want to be a God pleaser. Yes. And so you, if you get a revelation uh, uh, of these keys here, you know, that, that, uh, that, that, that God loves you with an everlasting love. Let, let me just give you the point of free will. Uh, in Deuteronomy 13, 19, it says, Today I have given you a choice between life and death, between blessing and curses, Now I call on heaven and earth to witness your choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants shall live. See, God's given us a choice. 
He's given us a choice to either serve him or not serve him. Even when you become a Christian, you still have a choice. What, Pastor? You still have a choice if you want to come to church or not. You have a choice to choose life or to choose death. And I'm going to choose life. See, hopefully when you come to church, you're getting more knowledge of God. And the more knowledge you get of God, the more knowledge, the more peace and joy you're going to walk in. And I I want the kingdom benefits. I want to walk in the fullness of God's peace and the fullness of God's joy. And people are trying to look for happiness all out there in a lot of areas, but you're not going to get it through entertainment. You're not going to get it through your hobbies. You're not going to get it through that. You're going to only get it through God. Going to get an amen or oh me. And God's love sonnet to us, glory to God, is, is John three sixteen. That's his love sonnet. For, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. I'm still kind of going over my little message. I'm almost done. And Christianity, I love to, I, when I witness, I love to witness this. You may take notes if you're going to be somebody that likes to witness and win people to the Lord. How many people want to win people to the Lord? And I just say the same things over and over again. That's all I do. I just tell the people, I say, do you know what the difference is between Christianity and all the other religions in the world? And they say, no. What is it? I say, I'll tell you, I can tell you in less than two minutes the difference between Christianity and all the other religions in the world. All the other religions are based on doing some type of good works. And hopefully, if you do all the right good works, hopefully, and there's no guarantees to a lot of these religions that you'll make it to heaven. But hopefully, if you do enough good works and you work your way in and you can obtain your right standing with God, then you'll make it in. That's how most religions make. And some people think Christianity is based the same way. That if we just just continue to work our way, go to church and, and do some things and pay, pay our way to heaven. You can't pay your way to heaven. Amen. You can't pay your way to heaven. Glory to God. And so listen, listen, Christianity is not based on us trying to obtain our position. It's based on Jesus obtaining our position for us. It's based on the grace of God. It's based on us believing Jesus. So what separates Christianity from all the religions of the world, it's called the grace of God. It's called Jesus. And it's called us putting our faith, placing our faith and hope in Jesus so that we could have salvation and so that we could have a place in heaven. It's because of what Jesus did and not because of what we did. And I ministered this to a lady last week and uh, and she said, I don't believe that. And I said, oh, my. And so I had to think, OK, how do I got to think fast here? How do I get this lady saved? You know, because I don't believe that she was thinking that you can do good works to make it to heaven. And I said, listen, I said, if we could do enough good works to, to make it to heaven, then then there would have been no reason for God to send Jesus. It would have been a waste of time for Jesus to come down here and pay the price on the cross if we could do it ourselves. In other words, what Jesus did would have been for nothing. We would have been discounting the son. And and I'm going to say this, that these false religions, mostly they don't want to put Jesus as the central center figure of their lives. Jesus has to be the center of our lives. 
Can I get an amen? And Ephesians 2, 8, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says it this way. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not a works, lest anyone should boast. I like what it says in the Amplified. It says, for it's by grace God's remarkable comparison and uh, compassion and favor drawing you to Christ that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but, it's for the, it, but it is the undeserved gracious gift of God, not as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast, take credit in any way for his salvation. Can somebody say grace again? I'm telling you, God is so awesome. I'm so thank God that I don't have to be perfect. I thank God that God's grace is there for me. And I thank God that I'm already in right standing with God because of the blood of Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. So we're talking today about love. And I'm I'm talking to you today. uh, I want to focus in on the on the power of commitment uh, uh, love with, with commitment. And, and I'm going to say this, that the world doesn't understand a lot about commitment. Hello. And I'm going to say this, that if you're going to walk in love, if you're going to walk in love towards God, you're going to have to be committed to God. If you're going to have walk in love towards your spouse, you're going to have to get committed. Amen. I'm not saying go into an institution. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We won't go there, but you got you, you might, some of you might feel like you want to get committed. <laughs> You're living with somebody and like, God, can, like, I, need, I need to get committed to an institution. Amen. Listen, it's not that bad. You remember that story about that, 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 that person that was taking a tour of the insane asylum and, and the, the, the bottom floor was not as bad cases. The upper floors were worse. And that one guy was, was down at the bottom floor and he was, um, he was uh, walking around. And, and saying, Mary, Mary, Mary. They said, what happened to that guy? He said, he asked, that, he asked Mary to marry him, and she rejected him. So now he's all distraught about it. And they went up to the up, upper chamber where they had the worst cases, and this guy was banging his head on the padded. He had, he had the, you know, the um, straight jacket, and he was saying, Mary, Mary, Mary. He said, what happened to this guy? That's the guy that married Mary. So, so are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So you may want... Okay, you get my humor, but are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? We, we, we got to get committed. You know, listen, I'm going to say this. It's easy. Glory to God. It's easy to be committed when things are easy. When things are going good, it's easy, you know, in a relationship. Come on, people. When things are going well, then, it, it, then it's easy. But when, when the wife burns the mill, then I don't know how committed you are going to be. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Marriage is a commitment. Glory to God. We are, in a sense, married to the Lord. Amen. Commitment is to, let me just give you a definition of commitment. Commitment is to follow through on a promise or an agreement to do something no matter what the cost or how difficult it is. I added the last part into it. So really, the the, the Webster's Dictionary says it's a promise or an agreement to do something. But I add it no matter what the cost or how difficult it is. Amen. Because most people, you know, they, they, they're, they're not that committed. They say, you know, a lot of people say they're going to do something, but they don't follow through on what they say they're going to do. 
Oh, yeah, I'll see you there. And you look around and they're not there. Are you here once, AJ? We live in an uncommitted world. That's why, you know, there are so many people. And this is really, you know, I hate to hit it, but there are Christians. Well, they call themselves Christians that that are. and, And we had some here, but they got married. Thank God. They were living together. And I, people live together these days. And back then, 20 or 30 years ago, that would have been a travesty. Amen. People just didn't live together 30 years ago. You know, I mean, everybody went to church 30 years ago. So, but now, you know, people are living together. Why? Because they don't have to be as committed. If something goes wrong, they're out. But when you get married, there, there's something about, you know, uh, uh, committing uh, uh, to to your marriage partner. There's something about in vows. Have you ever said this in your vows for you married people out there? For richer or poorer in sickness and in health to love and to cherish till death do us part. And most people would, would rewrite that and says until we fall out of love. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Most people will say it that way. God is committed to us. I, I love this in 2 Peter 3, 9. And, uh, and Peter is talking about how people back then were talking about, you know, when is God going to come back? When is Jesus going to come back? And, and it's been, it was, you know, just 30 years, you know, since Jesus was on the cross, you know, 20 or 30 years. And they're saying, where is Jesus' return? And they, and they were saying, you know, and Peter was saying, listen, the reason why Jesus hasn't come back yet is because he's still waiting on some of your hard-hearted relatives to get saved. Hello. I am kind of, it's modern day vernacular. In other words, in other words, God is waiting. God could come, Jesus could come and split the eastern sky tonight, but there are some people that need to get saved. God's waiting for the precious harvest. He's waiting on the harvest to come in. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9, that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise pertaining to coming back. As some count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I love that. I love that because you know what? I used to be a Christian and I was a backslidden Christian at one time, almost two weeks ago. No, I'm kidding. But I was a backslidden Christian and I'm so glad that God waited on me, that that God waited for me to come back to him. I'm so glad that that God doesn't just brush us off when we fall and when we stumble. No, God, God is patient and he and he will wait on us and he will try to draw us by his spirit. So if we're going to listen, if you're going to get committed to God, you're going to have to learn to love God in Matthew 22, 37 with all your heart, with all your soul. With all your mind, you're going to have to learn to love God and then and then love your neighbor as yourself. But we have to love God. In other words, we have to put God first. I ministered a message a couple years back, uh, a marriage kind of like a marriage uh, uh, seminar, sort of. And on the on that, what I talked about was that that if you're going if your marriage is going to go well, God has to be in the center of your marriage. It has to be God first. Amen. God has to be number one. Your spouse can't even be number one. Oh, man, I'm, I'm talking today. Somebody, my spouse is number one. Well, if your spouse don't, tells you not to go to church, are you going to listen to them? 
No, God has to be number one. Amen. Amen. So, so God has to be uno numero. I think I got that right. God has to be number one. Amen. And then who's number two? B, of course. No, number two is your spouse. Your spouse needs it. Oh, pastor, I didn't want to hear that this morning. No, listen, your spouse needs to be number two. And then you're you're next. Glory. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, listen, the world's way is really the world is all about lust. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? What is lust? It's what you can get from the other person. What is love? It's what you can give. Hello. Am I talking to somebody today? And so we, we want to make sure that, that, that we're, we're, get, we're givers and not just takers. Amen? You know, as I think about that, that, that the number one key, if we're going to have a, a thriving relationship with our spouse, God has to be number one. We have to love God. And number two, we got to be seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We got to go after the kingdom. We, listen, you don't build your kingdom. You build God's kingdom. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? You know, I think about commitment and I think about all the patriarchs in the in the Bible. And I think about how Noah, you know, was a man that, that loved God and God called Noah you know, I mean, Noah, may have, I, may, he may have been a farmer. You know, he may have been doing his own thing. And God came to Noah and said, I want you to build an ark. I want you to do something for me. I want you to, 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 to do something. But really, it was for Noah. Whatever God calls you to do for him, it's really for you. Whatever he calls you, if he calls you to witness or be a blessing, it's because he wants to get a blessing to you. See, Noah said, okay, I'm going to stop what I'm going to stop my own personal life, my own personal thing, and I'm going to do God's thing. And because he was willing to do God's thing, it saved his family. It saved the human race. It saved the animals. I'm telling you, God started all over with Noah and his family. Glory to God. When God calls you, see, we got to get to a point where we're not just consumers. Hello. I'm talking to somebody today. We're not just consumers, but we're contributors. And when we start contributing into the kingdom of God, we're going to see great blessing. Amen. When I think about when I think about commitment, I think about Joshua. I think about Caleb and I think about how they were about ready. These are there were 12 spies. These and these are 12 uh, people of the 12 tribes of Israel, the, the, the Israelites were in the wilderness ready to go into the promised land. And 10 of those spies held them back, held the whole congregation. Back. Can people hold you back? You better believe it. If you're in a group, people can slow us down. Amen. And, and, and Caleb and Joshua, you know, God had to pronounce punishment on, on those 10 spies and, you know, and, and said it, they won't be able to enter into until 40 years down the road. And what was amazing about this was that Caleb and Joshua kept their attitude right. They kept their attitude right. After 40 years, Joshua led the children of Israel into the promised land. Caleb got the big house on top of the mountain. 
40 years talking about being committed. I'm telling you, we're, we're barely committed for 30 days. We don't, we, we don't have that kind of stickable uh, ability to stick into something. It, it's too easy to quit. It's too easy to throw in the towel. It's too easy to do that. But listen, if you're walking with God, then you got the greater one in you and God won't let you quit. You got the greater. Say, I have the greater one in me. Hallelujah. I think about, you know, sometimes we are committed and we need to be so committed to the part. Death do us part. We need to be committed to our families. We need to be committed to our spouse. You know, I think about Daniel and we, 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 we did just did a 21 day fast, the Daniel's fast. And Daniel, you know, we're, we're going to be challenged in our faith. Don't think you're going to walk through this life. On flowery beds of ease with no challenges. And we're going to be challenged. Daniel was challenged. He, he was a, a man that prayed three times a day. And he, and he prayed to God. God prospered him even though he was under uh, Babylonian captivity. And God prospered this man. And, and, and there was a, a edict. There was a, a command from the king that, that you couldn't pray to any other God but the king's God. And so what did Daniel do? He stopped praying, right? No, he continued to pray. And, 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 the, and the decree was that if you are caught praying to some other God besides the king's God, you're going to be thrown into the lion's den. And guess what? They wanted to get the, the, the people, wanted, some of these people that, that worked with Daniel, they, they were jealous of Daniel because Daniel had a high position with the king. And whenever you walk with God and you're sold out to God, God will always raise you up higher than other people around you, especially the losing world. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? God will make you 10 times greater than the losing. You believe that today? I believe that we need to serve God with a whole heart. And Daniel was serving God in excellence and he was doing the right things, but he wasn't going to agree with, with that thing, with that edict, with, with that command to not worship God. Don't ever allow anybody to, to, to shut down your worship. Don't allow your circumstances to shut down your worship. When things get bad, that's when you need to start worshiping more. When things aren't looking good, that's when you need to start praising God more. When things are out of kilt, that's when you need to go to church more. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? That's when we need more God. And you start getting more God in you. Yeah, it might be some pressure and more pressure may mount up. But you're going to learn how to stand in your righteousness. You're going to learn how to stand like a king. And you're going to learn to decree some things. And you decree a thing and it will be so. You're going to have to learn to stand in the storms of life. And Daniel was, was you know, the king uh, loved Daniel and he didn't want him to go into the, to the lion's den. But you know what? It, it was, they were under Persian government and, and you could not, once you make a rule, you can't back it up. Amen. Kind of like what the Bible says, once we give our word out, we should follow through even if it hurts us. In other words, if we say that we're going to do something, we should follow through in what we say that we're going to do. Because when you don't follow through in what you say you're going to do, it hurts your faith. How are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? 
It hurts how you believe God. Because if you're not good to your word, then, then you're not gonna, and then you're not gonna believe other people and what they say. We gotta have trust in God, and you gotta have some kind of trust and degree in other people. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Oh, you can only put your trust so far, but you have to still give people a, a little bit of trust. Amen. We can't be people that don't trust others. So, so we're, we're talking about Daniel and we're talking about how he was, you know, the king couldn't get him out of it. So they, they put him into the lion's den. And you know what? Those lions became pillows for Daniel. They, you know what? The, the, the God sent an angel to shut those lions mouth. And so, so listen, listen, God will divinely protect us when we're walking right before God. And what happened when Daniel got out of that? And I'm telling you, uh, without a scratch and the people that wanted him to be eaten by lions, they got eaten by the lions. And what was amazing about this was I, I know God was speaking to, you know, God, God can talk animal. And he was he could talk to the animals. And he was saying to those lines, listen, you don't want those skinny, hard, crusty prophets. You want a whole family. And we got some heavy. We got some. You, you wait. You, you, you spare this one old skinny prophet of God. He's, you know, he's a hard prophet. You, 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 and I'm going to give you four times more. And you know what? Those lines are like, all right, we're going to hold off. Because you know what happened? The people that wanted Daniel, not only did they, the men got thrown in, but their wives and their entire families. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I mean, it's not a, it's not a good story for them, but we don't want to go against God. We want to be with God. And of course, we know Daniel got promoted. We, we know uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had their tests. And they walked with Daniel and, and they had their, t- I don't know where Daniel was at at the time, but, but, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar set up the big golden alt, uh, statue. Remember that? And, and they said, oh, you know, if you don't bow, you burn. And I'm telling you what the enemy's trying to get most of us to bow down to public opinion. I'm not going to bow down to what the losing world is saying. I'm not going to bow down that it's a woman's choice. No, I believe in the right of life. I believe a woman does have choice, but I believe I believe that that the the that the baby has rights too, especially if it goes nine months. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you that you may disagree or agree, but I I believe that there are some rights and and God and, and I know God's word says thou shalt not murder. Glory to God. Amen. I'm getting on my soapbox today, but I'm going to say this. Daniel and uh, uh, I'm sorry, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had a choice that day whether to bow down or to burn. And I love it what it says in Daniel 3, 16, 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, the, uh, they brought, brought them to the king, and the king gave them another chance. He said, I heard you guys aren't bound, but I'm going to give you another chance. Because there, see the fire? Over here, this big fire pit, you're going to go in there if you don't bow. So you got another chance. So when they ring the bell, you can bow. 
And, and then they, and this is what, how they answered. We have no need to answer you in this matter. If that this is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if, if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So what, what were they saying? They were saying, whether God delivers us from the furnace... Or through the furnace, we're not bowing. No matter what you've been praying about, if God doesn't deliver you from it, he will deliver you through it. And when they went into that fiery furnace, Nebuchadnezzar saw a fourth man in the fire. And that man looked like the son of God. And when you're in the fire and you're standing right with God and you're doing the right things and standing up for righteousness, Jesus has your back. Do you believe that today? The enemy's trying to get us to cower down, to run, to, to, to not pray over our meals at, 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 at lunchtime, at the restaurant. We know somebody might see us. Then let them see. Pray out loud. When I, when I ask people when I'm out, man, I, I was getting my hair cut yesterday, glory to God. This lady was, she, she had an oxygen tank on. She was there at the salon to get her hair cut. And I just, I, the compassion came up to me. I said, I'm a preacher and I pray for a living. Can I pray for you? And she's like, oh, by all means, because she looked like she was bad. I just thank God. And I just laid my hands on her. I said, what are you dealing with? She told me what she was dealing with. And I cursed everything that was in her body. Glory to God. And I prayed out loud. And I wasn't ashamed of it. The Bible says the power of living a Christian life is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation for all. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Man, we have a powerful message that we can give out. We, our messages, I'm telling you, Jesus can set you free from anything. Christ is bigger than cancer. The big C, Christ is over cancer. Christ is over anything that you are dealing with. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And we just need to start believing that. I like what it says in Romans 12 and uh, verse 2, New Living Translation. Yeah, a lot of us, what we're doing in our relationships, we're, we're doing what it says here. It, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. In other words, we don't want to adopt the losing world's mentality on how to do relationships. Because they do it backwards. I'm going to say this. They do it. They, they want you to, they make romance, uh, you know, um, uh, that's the main part of relationship. But that's only a small part of the relationship. Arrows. It's, it's an arrow's part of love. And that's where you get the word erotica. And that's where, where you get the word where you have passion and relationship. But it takes more than just romantic. Man, you got to live, too. Amen. You better have a job. You better know how to, you better know, man, you better know how to communicate. Because women don't want us, you know, more than that. Amen. Can I get an amen for the women? 
Women want sparkling conversation. Glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In other words, we need to learn to communicate and develop a friend relationship. We need to learn to develop that relationship with those around us. And when we do that, that that friendship relationship is like glue. And then we need to walk in the agape love of God. And that love never fails. And the world's way of doing it, the world says, the world's way is to find the right person. The world says, if you can find the person that completes you. Have you ever heard that? If I can just find my soulmate. If I could find that person that completes me, then I would be set. Nobody's going to be able to complete you. <laughs> Not even Jesus. <laughs> I won't go there. But are you in other words, we start thinking that a person is going to make you happy. People cannot make you happy. You better have some happiness in God. If you're not happy before you get married, you're going to be a miserable person after you get married. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Hallelujah. You better get happy before. Amen. Glory to God. Number two, the, 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 world's, the world's way is to fall in love. Oh, I just fell in love. I fell in love. And that's all based on emotion. That's all based on feelings. You know, uh, you know I fall off. But the problem with that is that we can fall out of love. You can fall in love as fast as you fall out of love. This kind of love is, again, is based on a feeling. And and when the feeling goes in some of these secular relationships, they move on. Have you ever heard this? I just don't love them anymore. You don't. What? Love is not a feeling. It's a commitment. It's something you make a commitment to love. You don't. Oh, I don't have a. Listen, I don't have a feeling to read the Bible every day, but I still read it. Oh, I just didn't have that. I wasn't led. No, I read the Bible. Why? Because it's my job. No, but more than that, because I want to be close to God. I want to be close. I read the Bible regardless how I feel about it. I go to church. Should I go to church today? <laughs> yes. Regardless how you feel about it. You don't make plans on skipping church. Now you go to church because you love God. How do, listen, man, do you want, do you want to acid test on how you know if you're saved or not? You ready for this? You ready for this? You take a mirror, put it up your nose and it fogs your life. No, no, I'm kidding. That's something different. An acid test on how <laughs> you know that you're saved is that do you, the Bible says this way. First John says, you know that a person's saved if they love the brethren. If you love the people of church. If you come into church and you look now, if you, you can't stand anybody in here, you might not be saved. <laughs> I can't stand Sister Bucket Mouth. I can't stand <laughs> Mr. Tattletale. I can't stand. No, <laughs> if, if you. <laughs> Oh, man, I love you guys. <laughs> so we have to have a love. <laughs> the Bible says if you don't love the brethren, you're in trouble. So you got to get saved if you don't love us. <laughs> so you hear people say, you know, you, you hear this when you're trying to witness out there sometimes. I don't want to go to that church. They're a bunch of hypocrites, you know. That they're a bunch of, you know, they're, they're no better than me, you know. And well, because you don't have any love 
for the brethren. And that shows me that you don't have any love of God in your heart. And if you don't have any love of God in your heart, you don't have eternal life abiding on the inside of you because God is love. And when you get God, God comes in you and the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. So you should automatically start loving people. Amen. God's. uh, So again. (laughs) So we we fall off. So. I went off my notes today. <laughs> so, so, and the world's way, here's number three. The world's way is we fix our hopes and dreams on a person. And that's what the world does. The world puts that person. And the problem with this is people are fallible. They make mistakes and people will let you down. Amen. And if you put your faith and trust in people, baby, you're going to have a letdown. Because people will let you down. I don't care who they are. Every once in a while. Now, I know Yin wears a halo most of the time. But every once in a while, she can miss the mark. Very rarely. But every once in a while, she can miss the mark. She's not perfect. Amen. Amen. And I love what it says in Psalms 118. It says, it's better to trust in the Lord than put your confidence in man. So, So what is God's way? God's way is to become the right person. So if we're focused on becoming the right person, then God's going to bring us to the right person. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Men, clean your car out. (laughs) Wash your car. Make sure your house is cleaned up. Be ready. Get ready. Put put one of those things that make your car smell good. Do something. Okay. (laughs) Philippians 2.13. I'm not going to... I'm not going to charge for that. Philippians 2.13. Listen, we become the right person. Philippians 2.13 says, For it's God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. God's going to work out. All, he's working out those things in us to work out what he desires. In other words, the work that he's began in you, he's going to complete to the day of Christ. We can become the right person. How? Studying your word, coming to church, being among the brethren, fellowshipping with one another. As iron sharpens iron, we sharpen one another. And then we need to do that. We, we need to walk. We need to, instead, of, instead of trying to find love, we need to walk in love. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. As Christ has also loved us, given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God, which is a sweet smelling aroma. See, God likes things that smell good. Sweet smelling aroma. What is that? What the sacrifice of Jesus was, was a sweet smelling aroma. In other words, we have to be imitators of God. God loves people. Somebody say, I love people. Amen. And number three, we need to fix our hopes and dreams, not on a person, but on pleasing God. Listen, if you are, if you are, if your heart's desire is to please God in all that you do, especially if you're a married person, I'm telling you, your your marriage is going to be heaven on earth. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? It's going to be heaven on earth. I love this. It says in Psalms 37, 4, 5, delight yourself in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. 
I love that. You know, God's commitment to us, and it says in uh, Hebrews, is God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? In other words, God gives us so much grace and he gives us so much time and he gives us a time to, to, to do what we need to do, to repent, to get back with him, to, to walk in his, his ways. He gives us time. I think about when, when Jesus talked about the, the father with the two sons and the one son said, I want my inheritance now. And he went out and he left the father's house. I was thinking about that, how, how that father let him go. The father gave him free will. But, you know, that father kept waiting for him to come back. He didn't chase after him, but he kept waiting for him to come back. And finally, that wayward son, when he was in the pigsty, he came to himself, thought about his father and said, if I could just go back, I could be just a servant. And when he went back, the father was there and saw him from a distance and ran towards him. That's the love of our God. He's always there, ready for us to run to us and hug us and, and put a robe of righteousness on us, a ring of authority. Amen. Choose a peace, glory to God. And I'm telling you, they killed the fatted calf that day. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Why? Because God loves you so much, he's going to wait on you. Are you listening? You know, the Bible says that God knocks at the door of our hearts. In Revelation, he knocks and he's just waiting for someone to open that door. Glory to God. Why? So he can come in and dine with us. To have supper with us. To dine. God wants to fellowship with us. He wants to bring us into that place of sweet fellowship. And when we're walking in sweet fellowship and loving God, it's going to give us the ability to walk in sweet fellowship and love one another. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So as we focus on some of these things this morning, and as we focus on on what Jesus has done for us, and, and, and man, how many times has God forgiven you? You need to forgive your spouse. How many times have you repented that we need to be people that are forgiving people, letting things go, not harboring ill will or bitterness, always thinking, you know, love thinks no evil. And we need to start thinking right in all that we do. How do you do that, Pastor? Start reading the Word. Start meditating on the Word of God. Start getting a revelation of who God is. And then get a revelation of who you are. You are a love child of a love God. You have the love of God in you and you have the ability. Yes, it might be hard. You may be in a hard relationship. It may not be easy. You may say, Pastor, you just don't know what I'm going through. But I'm going to say this. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I'm telling you, I'm going to say this. God's grace is sufficient for you in any situation. I was, man, can I just give this one story? I've given it before, but uh, I've given it before. But um, Smith Wigglesworth w- w- was a mighty man of God, used mightily for the gospel. And God uh, raised him up to be a mighty evangelist. They called him an apostle of faith. They, they say, recorded, documented, he raised like 21 people from the dead. This man walked in the power and giftings of God. But at one time in his walk, he was a backslidden Christian. 
And he lived with his wife. And his wife loved the Lord. She served the Lord faithfully. And he read in the Bible that you're supposed to obey uh, wives, obey your husbands. And he said to her, you're going to church too much. Don't go to church. Don't go to church anymore. And she said, you might be my husband, but Jesus is my Lord. And I'm going to church. So you know what? She went to church. And he locked her out. You may remember this story. He locked her and locked her. Most of you guys have been filing divorce by then. She was on the side. She, he didn't get up the next morning. When he opened that door, she fell in. She got up. What did she do? She made him his best breakfast, his favorite breakfast. You know what? He had a hard time swallowing that breakfast. But I'm going to say this. Her love changed him. Her love changed this backslidden Christian into one of the greatest evangelists of the 40s and 50s. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Your love can change people. Do you believe that today? The love of God on the inside of you, you exercising that love will change people around you. You believe that today? All you need to do is be, be loving people and blessing people. And I'm telling you, your life will take off and you will have the peace. You will have the joy of the Lord on your life. Bar none. You believe that today? I believe it today. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and for your goodness and for your love. And I thank you, Father God. Oh, that we are committed to you, Lord. And we know that you're committed to us. And that you will never leave us or forsake us. And Father God, I thank you for the precious people in here this morning. And I thank you for the precious people watching online this morning. And perhaps you have never experienced the love of God. Or perhaps you're, you're dealing with some turmoil in, in, your, in a relationship that you're in. God wants to heal your relationship and he wants to heal you. And if you don't know without a shadow of doubt... If you died right now, you'd make it to heaven. Then you need to pray this prayer because God's arms are wide open for you today. So if you're in this audience today if this is a, uh, and you've never prayed a prayer, uh, you need to pray this prayer. Because in Romans 10, 9, 10, Paul says that if you confess and believe uh, Jesus is Lord, you, sh- you will be saved. So when you confess this prayer, I guarantee you, you will have a relationship with God. Say this and mean in your heart. Say, dear God. I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.